to spend just a few moments today uh, in the book of Mark. I want to go to Mark chapter 6, verse 47 through 51. This is the story where Jesus has just fed the 5,000. He is tired. He's exhausted. So he's going to go recharge. And the way Jesus recharged is a great model for us. He goes to pray. Uh, Before he goes and prays and spends time with God, he actually sends his disciples away on a boat to Capernaum. And he sends them across the sea to go to the other side. And in this story, what we see is when they get in the boat and the disciples head to the other side, there is a storm that they are affected with. It approaches them. It causes the waves and the wind to crash against the boat. They're terrified. They think they're about to die. I want to to read into this story and give you just a few thoughts as we spend some time together. In verse 47, it says, late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land. It says that he saw that they were in serious trouble. Come on, everybody say serious trouble. Anybody ever felt like you were in serious trouble? I know the coronavirus, many people, uh, Vanessa said all the time, (laughs) the coronavirus, you know, many people have felt like, God, I'm in serious trouble. And so, so they felt the same way. They find themselves in the middle of this. Uh, and, and what it says is they're rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. And in verse 48, it says about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. And it says he intended to go right past them. But when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking, look, he's a ghost. And they were all terrified. It says they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them. And this is what he said. Look, don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I'm here. I want you to know that Look, in the middle of the storm, God's speaking to you. Look, don't be afraid. Take courage. He's here right in the middle of the storm with us. I've learned sometimes God speaks to the wind, but sometimes God will simply speak to me in the middle of the wind. And so he speaks to them, and in verse 51, it says, he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. It said, they were totally amazed, for they didn't understand still the significance of the miracle of the loaves. And look at what this last few words say. It says, their hearts were too hard to take it in. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. So I was pondering that, you know, here in the middle of the storm, Jesus is speaking to our lives. I wonder what the condition of our heart is is. That though he's here and though he's speaking and though he's present, how, how, how's the condition of our hearts? Like, where do we find ourselves? Because though we're in the middle of a storm, just like the disciples and here, they were in a storm. Think about this. They obeyed God. They did what Jesus told them to do. They didn't do anything wrong. And I think sometimes we can look at this and say, well, God, I didn't do anything wrong yet. Why is this storm happening to me? Look, this this coronavirus is a storm. It's caused every one of us to have challenges and opportunities. Some people have lost their jobs. I've had some people say, well, not a lot has happened to me. Yeah, but you've lost a lot of your freedom, the ability to do the things that you'll want to do. And so everyone has been impacted by this storm in one way or another, even though they didn't cause it. And you find yourself, some, some financially, it's like, man, you were laid off. You were a great employee, but because of this storm, you've been laid off. You've been furloughed. So I, I know some of you, you're like, man, I was trying to get debt free. I had a whole plan. 2020 was going to be my year. I was, and now you find yourself charging more things because there's not enough. Maybe it's your kids. You thought, man, this is going to be the year. We're going to get them where they need to be. And now you found out you are the teacher, the principal, the custodian, and everything in between. 
saying, you have now taken on the full responsibility. And, and spiritually, you thought 2020 is going to be my year, and then now you can't even go to church. You thought, this is the year. Crazy. Right now, I decided, pastor said, give me 52 weeks. And so I started on week three. God, what you doing? I thought, this was my year, right? You're in the middle of a storm. And so we find ourselves just like the disciples struggling against the wind and the waves. And I know it's hard. I know it's scary. I know at times you're very tired and you can be very frustrated. But I want you to know this. God didn't cause the storm. But he will use this storm to mature us and to grow us up and to help us see in our hearts things that we didn't see ourselves. The storm, what it did in the disciples' case was it exposed their hearts. I mean, think of what it says. It says their hearts were too hardened. So the Greek word there, when you talk about hardened, it means to be callous, to be dull, to be uh, to lose the power of understanding. So here they are. They're with Jesus, the miracle worker. They've experienced miracles, and yet they're dull. They've lost the power of understanding. They become calloused. See, they had a relationship with Jesus. They took part in all the miracles and did everything that Jesus asked them, even crossing the lake, heading into the storm, and their hearts were too hard. I talked about this in our Moving Forward series at the beginning of the year in a message entitled, The Struggle is Real. I want you to check it out. That's baffling to me. I mean, that, that just blew my mind. I mean, I, when I saw it, I almost didn't even believe it because I wouldn't have thought that would even be possible. Like, look, the Pharisees, I get it. The Sadducees, I get it. The crowd, I get it. Those who are hurt or desperate or hungry, I get it. But you're telling me the disciples in this passage, it says that their hearts were too hard. Now, these are the same disciples that knew Jesus. Like he was doing life with these guys. These are the same disciples that he invited into the miracles of what he did in his ministry. So not only was it feeding the 5,000, but in that passage it said he did miracles. Just even previously the disciples, can you imagine just being there, a part of it, watching, like moving people, you know, people that are lame, helping the lame man up after Jesus has healed him. Grabbing the stuff. So, so these guys have actually seen and been a part of these demonstrated miracles of Jesus. And here's the other thing. They're obeying God. Because why? How do I know? Because they got in the boat and went to the other side. Like they did. Like, can you imagine it's 3 o'clock in the morning? I don't want to. I am tired. Why don't you let me just sit here and sleep it off? No, he said, I know you're tired. I know you're probably exhausted. But I want you to go across that lake now. And they obeyed Jesus. So what that tells me is that you can know God. You can be a part of his miracles and still have a hardened heart. Wow. That's not the sinner. It's not the religious, but that's the disciple. I don't know about you, but that is an awe moment. That's like a, oh my God, that's a revelation that God, you mean I could be in the middle of this miracle that you're doing in this church? Lord, the, the miracle of buying this building, the miracle of seeing over 3,000 people 
give their life to Jesus, the miracle of marriages being healed, the miracle of families being restored, the miracle of physical healings in bodies, the miracle of the tangible presence of God. You mean I can be a part of it? I can be in the middle of it? I can even love you, God? I can serve you? I can even be serving on the dream team? I can be going to small groups? I can go to next steps? I can be in the church? And yet sitting here with a hardened heart. See, I wasn't studying this passage to learn about me. I was studying this passage to learn about what God would do for me. And what I realized was what God does for me has everything to do with what he's doing in me. Here's what I discovered, that storms reveal the condition of our hearts. God didn't send them the storm to them, he just sent them on the way. The storm came. See, he'll use the storm. He didn't, he didn't make bad things happen to you, but I promise you, he is so powerful. He is so great. He is so awesome. He is so amazing. He will allow that storm to expose the things that we didn't even know were right there. That it's in that struggle, it's in that trial, it's in that storm that he's gonna help us to see what we can't even see ourselves. One thing the storm might have exposed Something that can cause a hardened heart is misguided expectations. Look, the disciples, they didn't see things the way that God saw them. They had different expectations for why Jesus was there to do what he was there to do. They thought Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. I mean, think about it. Here's Jesus, the Messiah, and he's come to overthrow this oppression upon the Jewish people. So they thought, hey, Jesus has come to make my life better, to make my life easier, to make my life richer. So they thought, look, this is going to be great. He's going to build an earthly kingdom, and we're going to be some of the rulers. Like, we're going to have a place of authority and position and title, and it's all going to be great. Great. Now, the problem is that's not why Jesus came to this. He didn't come to establish an earthly kingdom, but a heavenly kingdom. And their misguided expectations dulled their hearts. They weren't able to see what God saw. They couldn't see clearly the things that God was doing. And I think the same thing has happened to us. I mean, we've all had an expectation of what 2020 was going to look like. I mean, think about the beginning of this year. We talked about breakthrough. We talked about advancement. We talked about moving forward. I mean, and here we are. We're thinking, my God, where did any of that happen? I hadn't seen any of it. We've gone backwards. Right? And here, here I am. I, I know for me, my word for this year was relationships. So I thought, okay, cool, God. Not only going to move forward in the church, but relationships are gonna be great and I want a better relationship with my kids and my family and my wife and my staff. Now, little did I know that I would be with my wife and my kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Come on, somebody. I didn't know that's what this relationship thing was all about. I didn't know I'd be on the staff call with my staff an hour a day, five days a week and spending more time with them now than ever. But here's what I know. Even though my expectation of how God was going to get me there was different, God is still getting me to where he said he was going to get me. And I think we've got to be real careful of having an expectation of God, this is what you said. So these must be the steps that I'm going to take to get there. I mean, I know for you, you might've said, look, my expectations, 2020 is the year of promotion. You know, 
the beginning, pastor's talking about it. You're thinking, God, this is the year. I've been working hard. I'm faithful. I'm diligent. My boss is going to promote me. And yet here you found yourself in the coronavirus and you didn't get promoted. You actually lost your job. Wow. And you thought, God, what in the world? Like, I thought this was my year. Like, you told me promotion. Well, maybe your promotion is not a better position in that job. Maybe it's starting your own company. Maybe it's at a better company, a better place. And so God's going to take us down a different path than we were expecting. Maybe it's financial freedom. Like I said earlier, you said 2020 is my year to be debt-free. And so here you find yourself. You, you've been furloughed, and you're dipping into your savings, and you're dipping into credit card debt. And, and so you say, well, God, it's not not the way. Yeah, I want you to know 2020 is not over yet. God hasn't finished, and we've got a long way to go for God to get you to where he spoke to you that he was going to take you. Maybe it's restoring your marriage. You thought, okay, God, man, it's going to be better, and you have found yourself. It's in a worse position, but the truth is this. God had to get to the root of what was causing the problems before he could fix what the problem was. And so if we could say, God, I know that wasn't my expectation, but I know the God of my expectation. And though it's not the way I thought it was going to be, I trust you and I choose to lean into you. I want to encourage you. God's not done whatever it is, whatever the expectation was for 2020. He gets the final word. And I know that we're in the middle of the storm, and I know it hadn't passed just yet, but our God has power over the storm. God is greater, and he will cause us to experience every promise he promised to us in our families, in our churches, and in our community. I just, I don't know about you, but I, I just know that in my life, I'm not going to let misguided expectations cause me to have my heart hardened to the will of God. Look, another thing that can cause a hardened heart is offense. I mean, this is a battle that's fought in the mind. It's fought in thoughts. And if we're not careful, in the middle of this crisis, even as we're coming out of it, we can carry offense that happened to us in the middle of it. And God doesn't want us to walk around offended. But Matthew 13, 55 is a great story where Jesus was teaching in the synagogue in his hometown. And it's a story about how offense stopped the power of God in people's lives. Look what it says in verse 55. Isn't this the carpenter's son? So Jesus is in the synagogue. He's in his hometown. And they're saying, isn't this that, that carpenter's son, that, that nobody, the one that doesn't have a pedigree? He's not important. He wasn't birthed out of the right lineage. He wasn't taught by the right teachers. This is a nobody, isn't it? Look, it says, isn't his mother named Mary? Aren't his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judah? And aren't all his sisters with us too? And look, it says they took offense at him. And then look at what verse 58 says. It actually says, he could not do many miracles there. And I wonder if in our life, we're like, God, I don't feel like you're doing any miracles. I wonder if it's because there's been a fence that's been planted as a seed deep into our heart. The devil wants you to walk around offended. He wants you offended at God because he knows, look, if you're offended at God, God's not going to be able to move powerfully in your life. Look, maybe God didn't do what you thought he was going to do. Maybe God didn't do it the way you thought he should do it. Maybe he, he didn't do it or, or maybe he did and it is harder than you expected and you're frustrated. 
victory. You're like, God, I thought it was going to be a sweatless victory. It was going to be easy. You know, here we are. And now you're moving forward with more, more strength and more, more frustration. And it's taking more energy and more effort. God, how could you lead me in the middle of this storm? You don't understand. God, I was just doing, just like the disciples, I was just doing what you said to do. Now it looks like I'm going to drown. I was better off. Have you ever said this? I was better off before doing what you told me to do, right? I mean, that's the enemy. He's trying to harden your heart. Why? Because he don't want God to do a miracle in your life. Maybe you're not offended at God, but you're just offended at his people. Come on, somebody, right? You're like, so, so if, if they, if pastor, if this person or that person, and, I mean, think about maybe someone in your small group is offended. You're like, you're the leader and maybe you didn't get a phone call. Maybe somebody didn't send you an email or a text to check on you or you felt abandoned or, you know, somewhere, somehow someone did something that re who represents the church that offended you. You, you got to know this. Don't allow that offense to harden your heart. Why? Because it'll cause you to miss the miracle God wants to do in your life. And look, sometimes I've learned this. God won't allow you to get what you want from those people because God wants you to depend on him. Look, what he wants is not for you to look towards people for their affirmation. He wants you to look to him for his affirmation. And what you want is not always what you need. And God's not in this. He ain't the Santa Claus up in, in the sky. He is here as a father trying to train up and raise up his sons and daughters. And so God will use the storm. Why? Because he wants to reveal and expose some areas of our hearts that are keeping us from experiencing his miracle. The third thing that could harden a heart is familiarity. Familiarity. Mark chapter uh, 6, look at verse 52. It says, their heart was hardened, being oblivious and indifferent to his amazing works. So this is the amplified version. So it talked about the hardened heart, but look, it says oblivious and indifferent. Oblivious and indifferent. What does that mean? That means they weren't concerned. It didn't really matter. They were uninterested. There's an apathy. Anybody ever felt apathetic? So here, can you imagine Jesus, the Son of God, in form and flesh in front of you performing miracles? He's called you to be one of the 12 disciples, and you're a part of them. Not only do you see him do miracles, but you actually get to be a part of the miracles. But it says they became so common to the disciples, they were indifferent. It didn't matter to them. Their hearts were dulled. They were hardened. And I wonder if that's where some of you find yourself today. Look, some of the ones I talked about earlier, you're like, oh, pastor, it's because life's been hard. But some of you, God has blessed your socks off in the coronavirus. And I talk about the challenge and I talk about the struggle. You're like, well, that's not me because I got a brand new house. I got a promotion. I got the car. I got the job. It's like God just, there, there almost hasn't been a storm except for the physical isolation. Here's what I would challenge you with. I wonder if familiarity can cause cause us to become callous and hardened in our hearts towards God. Yeah, it's just familiar. Let God, I know I'm a tither. God, so come on. I pray the windows of heaven would be opened up. Yeah, but the thing is, is your heart still soft? Is your heart still pliable? Can God still speak to you? Or have you become callous to the miracles that God has been doing in you? Because everybody hadn't experienced what you've experienced. There are a lot of people that are struggling. A lot of people doing worse. It's been a challenge. And so I think what we have to be real careful of is we begin to take his miracles that he's doing on our behalf every day for granted. Yeah, they become very common. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to take God's miracles for granted. Yeah. 
And if I've got to be honest, I actually found myself complaining to God just a little bit through this coronavirus, throwing a pity party. Anybody ever thrown a pity party? And I mean, I'm sitting here complaining to God and like, God, look, we're not able to gather physically at BF Terry. Like, like, I just don't understand. We've worked so hard to build your church. We've got momentum. We're seeing lives changed. I mean, all these things are taking place. We're about to buy this building. And so I'm just kind of throwing out these things to God and, and just, God, I don't understand. And then all of a sudden, God really spoke to me. He reminded me that, Jim, look, you're in the middle of a miracle. Like, I don't, and, and so he, when he's, I'm like, okay, God, I understand. What, look, you're buying that building, the old tractor. So if you don't know this, I need you to know we're buying the old tractor supply building. It's amazing. And I need you to know as a church, I want to announce to you, this last week, we got the official approval from the bank. So we are closing in two weeks. And here we are in the middle of the coronavirus, the middle of this physical isolation, in the middle of not even being able to gather physically, and God still did what God said he would do. And I was reminded of his verse that he told me, he said, didn't I tell you that that is anything impossible for me? Jeremiah 32, 27. And I just thought about it. it. It caused me to just pause and just say, God, I don't want to have a hardened heart. Just like the disciples, think about it. In the middle of seeing miracles and signs and wonders, and yet the Bible says that their hearts were hard, so they couldn't even interpret the miracles that had happened. So I, it's like, God, I just wanted to celebrate. Look, as a church, we're celebrating. I want you to celebrate. Give me some hearts, some high fives, some thumbs up. I mean, we are excited about what God is doing. And it's all in the middle of this crisis. And I, I just, I know for me, I, I, I don't want any miracle in my life to ever pass by me without celebrating it. I don't want to become callous to them. I want to experience everything as a fresh new miracle, whether it's buying a building, whether it's a salvation. I think we had seven salvations happen last weekend, whether it's healing, whether it's a financial breakthrough, whatever it is, whether it's big or small, I don't ever want my heart so hardened that I don't celebrate and, and rejoice in the miracle that God brought to my life. Listen, as a church, I, I want you to, this is our year. We are moving forward. This crisis ain't going to last forever. We're coming out of it. And so it is our responsibility to make sure that we address those areas of our life that are causing us to become callous, causing us to have a hard heart, and say, God, I choose to be in the middle of your miracle. I don't know about you, we got a lot more time to go. We got years and years. I got a lifetime of making a difference, a lifetime of advancing God's kingdom, a lifetime of seeing God do what only he can do, and I don't want to disqualify myself from it. 